You are now listening to My Faithway Podcast. You can now find us on every major platform. And don't forget to visit our Facebook page with live services every Sunday at 10 a.m. Central Time. If you want to become a partner or simply make a one-time donation, please text the word FAITHWAY to 77977. Click send and you will receive a link for further instruction. Feel free to comment on our Facebook Live stream services or visit our page at myfaithway.org. Now let's experience life in a new way, the Faithway. Faith do all right? Do you teach all right? Why don't you give him a hand clap or something, you know? He put up with you all for two weeks. Come on. Thank you, HH and Diana and everyone and all our team and Lauro and Kathy and Children's Church and everybody. And um, let's talk about a couple of things before we get into the Word. Again, um, excited to be back. It was different at Healing of the Nations, but like I told Elson, I'm glad he got it done. Um, the Navajo Nation on the whole COVID thing is just like absolutely insane, so... But we got it done somehow. This <laughs> is really different from all the other 20 years I've been doing healing of the nations. But um, I just wanted to, you know what, let's just get into the word. And then I'll tell you what's going on. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for the word. We thank you, Lord, for coming home, being back, Father. And we just know, Father, that this church will prevail. This church will reach its potential and its purpose and its calling and what you called us to do as a church, not as individuals. Father, we just thank you for Faithway through all, all locations, but I thank you for right now for our online church. We welcome them back, Father, and Father, we just thank you that this morning there'll be a word for everyone in this house, and I believe that with all my heart in the name of Jesus, and everybody said amen. So let me tell you what's going on. So this morning, you know, actually, it was four days of this, I was praying, you know, praying and praying about the message, praying, you know, here and there, even driving down all the hours and hours and hours and hours. She's been driving, going to Arizona and back. And um, the Lord really impressed on my heart, even till last night, because, you know, you guys know I'm, I get in my little teaching mode and I want to show you an outline and I want you to learn. But the Lord really just said to me, you know, no outlines today. We're just going to impart. And it's different. Now, let me tell you what the difference is. You can get a word from teaching, and you, should, and you will. If you believe you receive, guess what? You receive. This is how it works, right? If you believe you receive, you receive. And so you can get a good word. Now, here's the problem with, if, if we're not careful, we, we create an environment, and, and it's just the way it is, and let me show you what the environment is. Here I am standing, there you are sitting, right? So now we have created a classroom environment. You are the students, I am the teacher. And there's nothing wrong with that because there's an anointing for teaching. The problem is that if we're not careful, then we, we go back into our school days to say, okay, I just got to... You know, take some good notes, say amen here and there. Hopefully tithe. Amen. That's my faith for you all. All right. Um, And then go home, and then that outline just stays in that book. And it was good. And it could have answered a lot of your life's problems. But it it never went past an outline. And, And the difference, that's a teaching environment. The difference between impartation, you can have the same thing. You can have, you know, outline scriptures. But impartation is a little different because now... What you are looking for is revelation knowledge. You're not looking for an outline. You're not looking for a Bible study. You're looking for something to be revealed into you. That is completely different because you might only get one word this morning. One. You might not. Somebody asked, what did he preach about? I said, I don't know what he preached about, but I got one word. (laughs) That's the difference between impartation and teaching. You know, you might not remember the whole message, but God spoke to you during our session, you know, during, if you want to call it a session, during our time together, and spoke something specifically 
to your life and the things that you're dealing with. And I think that is really powerful because, you know, we can get the truth from the, from the outlines, and we should, but it's different when God drops something in your spirit. And most of us have those experiences, you know, depending how long you've been a Christian. I could go back, you know, 20, almost 30 years now, and I could almost mark you those, those I call them golden nuggets. You know, little phrases. I can tell you something that, that Taffy Dollar said 27 years ago, and it's been with me the whole time. Creflo Dollar's wife. You know, I can tell you a couple, more than a couple, but a lot of things throughout 30 years that Brother Copeland said that it's just a snippet, but it has got me through challenges, it's got, got me through crisis, and that's what we're, we're seeking this morning, amen? So let's go ahead, and I want you to open your Bibles to the book of Hebrews, and this is what I believe the Lord, because we're going to have to address some things, and my, you know, I'm full of stuff that I want to address, and I don't know if we can do all of it in an hour or 45 minutes, but I do want to at least begin a pathway for God to speak to us this morning. And let's just read the Bible and we'll let the word guide us through this. Hebrews chapter 2, reading out of King James Bible, and just find them. In. And Hebrews is a really, really powerful book because it is written to Jewish people. It's the only book that's actually written to God's people. So it has a completely different context. You know, this, this is people that get it. This is people that understood the Old Covenant and now the author of Hebrews, which everyone assumes it's Paul, um, is bringing the old covenant thinking into the new covenant thinking to the Jewish people. And you've got to understand, this is harsh because, you know, for a couple thousand years, they've been in this, the temple worship, you know, the sacrifices. And now Jesus has come, Jesus is gone, and now they're bringing the new covenant. So I don't want to get deep into that, but for those of you that like Bible, that's how you've got to approach the book of Hebrews. This is people that know God. All the other ones are, you know, Ephesians, Galatians, they're, they're Gentile churches they got saved, and now Paul speaks. So, so it's a different approach. So when you understand that, I want you to go to chapter 2, if you're already there. And it really is talking about, you know, the sacrifice of Jesus and what he stood for and what happened at the cross and what happened at the grave and all this. And he's, and he's preparing to, but he gets to this point in verse 14. Um, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14 says, For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, that's, that's just fancy for saying we're humans, <laughs> Right? you got flesh and blood, that's all it is. He also himself likewise took part of the same. Now let's, let's just stop there for, for a moment because what, what we're breaking out now is you got to get this. You are flesh and blood. Amen? If you don't believe it, go get a knife. No, no that's brutal, right? <laughs> You'll find out how quick you are flesh and blood. You know, it's, oh, yeah, it's bleeding. Well, guess what? Jesus became flesh and blood. Now get that, because if we don't absorb this, this one little point, then, it's, then everything else doesn't really matter. So he partook, he became the same as you. Y'all still with me here? Very simple point. Now, he says, also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is, the devil. So now we got three characters in this scripture. We have you, we have him, and we have the devil, right? And we have to find its position. And this is where I'm going with this thing. Because this new wave of COVID, and this is why I want to address this, this Delta variant, whatever they're calling it, it's not that it's... It has a different spiritual angle now than it had before. And this is what I've kind of been downloading through prayer. Because the first... I'm, I'm going I'm to talk a little bit about COVID, but completely from a spiritual angle. Don't, I'm not going to get medical, none of that. 
The first wave, if you just go from spiritual, was designed, and is still designed, to shut the church down. And in the process, he, you know, he destroyed a lot of other things, and a lot of people, and a lot of dear people. And I had very dear people close to me that are in heaven today because of it. But the church, so, you know, the church kind of rebounded, right? We got through it. Then we come back, and the church is kind of, you know, we kind of got a rhythm going. Guess what? Now we're back to this, you know? And again, and, and it hit closer than home. Hit way closer than home. You know, last wave, we kind of pretty much it didn't really hit the church hardly at all. And this time, we've been fighting tooth and nail, standing for people, standing for loved ones, standing for church members that that, that, that had gone through it. Even in our, our church in Laredo, I mean, a lot, some people got it there too. So as a pastor, I look at him like, okay, so, so what's the plan? Well, the plan is still the same. COVID is about shutting this thing down. But now comes our response. So, so we, you know, whatever the devil does, that's what he does. Don't be concerned of what the devil does. Be concerned of what Jesus did. Because that's, that's what's happening right now. The church, and I'm going to talk to the church, and if you're, you know, if you're watching me online, you're in the building, you're not born again, well, you will be, hopefully, by the end of the service. But for those of you that are here, those of you that are watching me online, you have to understand something. This thing was about shutting this thing down. I'm talking, or at least not shut it down. He hasn't been able to shut it down ever. He's, he, you know, this is not the first time the devil tries to shut down Christianity. This book was locked up in monasteries for hundreds of years. Nobody had access to it except the priest. And when they read it to you, you didn't understand it because they read it in Latin. So he tried it a few times, right? Over and over and over throughout history. Communism, the number one thing for communism to work, or let me help you, socialism. Welcome to America 2.0, right? <laughs> socialism to work, you've got to eliminate God. You can't have socialism with God in, in, in the mix. That is a key to socialism. Check it out. There's not one socialist established government that has any recognition of formal religion. Not North Korea, not Cuba, not the, for, not the former Soviet Union when they were the former Soviet Union, not China. So socialism needs God out of the place. Well, what is the agenda they're pushing on America now? Y'all can talk to me. If y'all don't talk to me, I'll leave for another two weeks. Socialism. Come on, wake up. Look at your neighbor and say, wake up. Look at the news. That's all socialism. That's, that's the system. So God has to be removed. You can't have socialism with God. It doesn't work. When I was in Ukraine many, many years ago, we went to the city of Lviv, which is on the western side of Ukraine, which is way more European than the eastern side of Ukraine. The eastern side is very much more Soviet. I'm not going to get into the details. But we went to this beautiful cathedral. I mean, it was, you know, it was built by the Austrian influence and so forth, and it has you know, beautiful architecture. And when we went, it was already a, a, an Orthodox church again. In other words, the, 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 the main religion of Ukraine and Russia and all these nations was Orthodox Christianity, which is, you know, something comparable to Catholicism, but, you know, a little different. Anyway, during communism, that beautiful, beautiful building was dedicated as the Museum of Atheism. That's what it was. They took a church that was beautiful before communism. It was built in the late 1800s. I mean, finished. It took a couple hundred years to build it. But when it was finished, it was a, it was a temple to worship God. When socialism took it over, it became a museum of not natural history, not science, atheism. His museum of atheism inside a church building. If that is not a, you know what, to God, I don't know what else. Well, we know what happened to communism, right? At least at the Soviet Union. 
But my point of where I'm going with all this thing is the devil always has an agenda. That, it took me a long time to just say that. I could have just said that. And he is in this conversations, and we're going to get to something, because this is where the impartation is going to take place. Because if the church, us, me, you, everyone that says, I love Jesus, or I've committed my life to Christianity, doesn't understand what I'm about to tell you, then the devil's got the upper hand. And his attack has worked. Because COVID is not about getting sick. Some of you have already gotten sick, and you came out of it. Amen. Amen. So what is it about? So we have to go back to, 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 you know, why are all these empty chairs here? It's not really about people really concerned about getting sick. Right? Because these same people, I'm not, and I'm, this is not no judgment. Thank God you're here. I'm not knocking anybody. But here's, what, here's the truth. Once the people stop going to church, the church shuts down. I got something else to do. I got tons of stuff to do. So, so I, don't stop, I don't miss a beat. But your communities doesn't have a church anymore. Well, you doesn't have this church. You'll have other churches you could choose from, right? But my point of it is, where are these people that support? Where are these people that give financially? Right now we have a $3,000 air conditioning system uh, quote for the youth, for the children's church, that unless we come up with that money, we're not going to have children's church. And I'm not worried about it. I'm done worrying about all this. H and I, H and I have had a long conversation. I'm so done. But you know, People don't show up, money doesn't show up. Money doesn't show up, no more children's church. You see how, it's all, how it all connects? Now, God's still on the throne, but God expects the church to do something. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the thing. That God is not just, you know, he, 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 let me tell you about God. He takes care of the impossibles. Always. Thank you for that. That's a good word. Always the impossibles. When you get to your, your life and you say, I am done, then God steps in. But where there's possibilities... He will influence you for you to take. And that really was the first message I had this week was the authority of the believer. Because what we're experiencing is a lack of authority. And let me make my point. So the the whole point I'm saying is about this. The people that aren't in church, it's not because they're scared of COVID. I mean, that's the, you know, that might be the theme. Because those same people will still have to buy groceries. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, they're still in Walmart. They're still at HEB. They still got to go to the bank. They still got to go pay taxes. They still got attorneys and doctor's appointments and everything else. So the attack is spiritual. Now, by, by saying this, that's why there's no judgment on the people that aren't here. So if, if you're watching me, because I, I said this last year in COVID, somebody got been out of shape. Well, that's not fair. We're over. You know, no, look, listen to me. If you're getting the word through online, praise God. But if you forget that you're the church, then you're going to become devil bait. That's the truth. So I've said all this to prepare one little statement. Let's go to the next, next scripture. So we find out these, you know, just keep that in the top of your head. So verse 15 now says, and deliver them. Pay attention now, here it comes. Deliver them who, through fear of death. Fear of death. Well, what's the big thing of COVID? Death, right? What, is it, what are people scared of? A cough? A sneeze? A cold? No, death. And it's real, like I said, I had a, I would call him my brother, very close friend of mine. You know, he went home because of COVID. <laughs> so it is a real thing. But the fear of death. Now, this is, this is not a COVID message. This is about that. Because we have to address this. And this is not a new message for most of you. But the Lord really, and I actually had a conversation with God. I said, Lord, they know this. They said they need to hear it again. And again. 
And again, well, how long do we need to hear it? Till you have fear completely in control of your life. Because this is the key. Remember the devil in the last scripture? We're not going to go back to it. Remember him? Last, the word we found in the last scripture was, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Bondage to who? Bondage to Satan. Well, so what happens now? You, you become born again. You're a believer. Guess what? Fear's still there. Fear didn't leave. And here's something we have to understand as believers. You know, we have to manage this thing called fear. Because if you don't manage it properly, then you are subject to bondage. Point made. I mean, there's no other option. You can, you can be born again. You can speak in tongues. You can be bound to heaven. That's not a question. The question is, are you giving the dark, if I could do this, you know, a little Star Wars analogy, the dark side, are you giving the dark side a place in your life? Because what gives the dark side a place in your life is fear. Now, let me bring up some notes. Well, let me finish reading this, and then, then we'll bring up some notes. And deliver them who through the fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage, well, I was going to read some more, but let, let's just leave it there. Let me give you another scripture. Let me bring up the, open my iPad again. You guys doing all right this morning? No. Oh, I thought you said no. I said, hey, we'll say yes. I'll talk to that boy. I just opened my iPad to look at all the titles of messages I'm working on. You guys would love some of these. T- I'm working on one title. that says, Where Are the Heretics? But now that's for another season. That's your message on Sunday? Okay, good. I'll just... <laughs> oh, there we go. <laughs> all right, it's good to be home. Y'all doing okay? Let's go. Okay, let's give, let me give you some definitions. I just wanted to show you this. This, this is very important because... He, before I read this, the devil's really only weapon he has is fear. Now, I don't, again, in the time that we have, I don't have time to teach all this. But most of you understand how faith works. And faith is a wonderful thing to see at work. You know, this week I've got all these calls. Some of them were really, really serious. Some were not as serious. But I think every one of them, God showed up. You know, I was standing with, you know, we're standing with Selma and her family and thanking God for the miracle. But I remember when I finally got hold of her, I'm like, we're going to do this. And we prayed and prayed and, and everything was faith and everything was scripture. Right, Selma? I mean, I'm sharing what you and I went through this week. And we saw that thing shift. You know, it wasn't a full, but it began to shift. It was really bad. It was really serious. Faith came in. Agreement came in, and, we, and that thing began to shift. Like a big old ship just began to shift, you know. You, you know, a big ship, you don't change it on a dime. And I believe we're, we, we have the victory. Amen. But it took that faith moment, right? And we use everything we've learned. You know, the word in your heart, the word in your mouth, authority. I was, you know, kind of joking around. I said, we bound everything we could bind. We loosened everything we could loosen. <laughs> we just did everything we know. But we saw the shift. And that story goes on and on and on, throughout. hopefully throughout your life, too. You know, we lose a phone in the ocean. <laughs> it's drowned, lost forever, to be recovered by somebody in Japan 40 years from now. 
as your phone floats across the ocean. We found a phone, but we prayed first. You know, you guys heard this. I'm not, I'm not going to take you all these stories. I got the, my granddaughter. The very first thing, when we got the news of her, we took authority over fear. That was the, very, that was the first thing that came out of my... When they said, the baby's really sick, she doesn't look good. She, her, you know, and we got all this information. I hung up the phone, and I took my wife's hand. I said, we got, we, we got some bad news over the baby. She was just born. You guys know the story. And I said, honey, we take authority over the spirit of fear. Fear, you have no right here. Now we can work on it. So I'm trying to show you, this, this is the impartation. What are you going to do? Because the fear comes always. You know, we, we can't, we, we, you know, Christianity is not about, you see something in your life that is negative, and you're going to cover your ears and stick your head in the ground and say, oh, I don't have fear, I don't have fear, I don't have fear, I don't have fear, and, and hopefully, you know, wish it away to the cornfield. It doesn't work that way. Fear is real. Say amen. Just like faith is real. Just like the faith that will shift a dire situation Fear will do the same thing in a bad way. So, so let, let me give you, the, you know, the, the condensed version of what I'm trying to say is, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God, Hebrews 11.1. 1. Fear comes by hearing and hearing the words of Satan. Faith in your heart and faith in your mouth removes mountains. Fear in your heart and fear in your mouth brings mountains. It's, just, it's, all, it's the same spiritual force. You see, faith is a spiritual force. It's not just, well, I, I believe, you know, I just believe. No, it's a force. You're activating the avenue that God uses to bring the blessings that, that Ephesians chapter 1 talks about, the spiritual blessings, into this natural realm. That's what faith does. Well, guess what fear does? It brings the curse. And Job, you know, I'm not gonna, I, I was going to really preach out of the book of Job with the same teaching. I can do it. But, you know, Job is a wonderful story, and, it, and, it's, and it's a, you know, they don't know if it's real or not, but nonetheless, the truths are real. And people say, well, look, Job, you know, he was such a good guy, and he went through all this. Well, it tells you what happened with Job. I mean, God tells you right there. He says, Satan says, how could we look at Job? No wonder he worshiped you. He's got all the toys. And God says, Satan, he's in your hands. You can touch everything he owns, but you can't touch his life. That's covenant. But the reason he had access to all his stuff, it wasn't because God let him. It's because Job let him. Because if you fast forward a few chapters in the book of Job, you're going to find a little key scripture that, 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 that to me, is the key of the book of Job. And Job says, everything I have feared has come upon me. That's the key to understanding the book of Job. So it was fear. Everything, he was fearing over his kids. and I mean, that was already bubbling in there. And, you know, as, as, we, as we look at some of these things, let, let me, um, I brought up so many outlines a while ago. I mean, last night it was, let's talk about some of the most common fears that every one of us face. Every one of us, including myself. Because here's the thing. If you, don't, if you can't identify it, how can you attack it? You know, there's some people that, for example, I'll be honest with you, the, the, the whole COVID thing, I've never really experienced any fear over it. You know, we experienced, you know when, when this whole thing started, you guys were here before we shut the church down last year, we, we took a Holy Ghost flu shot. Remember that? Holy Ghost COVID shot. And then it was kind of like that, and then you do what you do, and you know, try to take care of yourself, and the mask, and the sanitizer, and all that. But it was never really an overwhelming fear of that ever getting on any of us. But you know, there's other areas of fear. For example, it could be financial, right? So you have sickness, you have... Fin- I mean, there's different areas, because here's what the thing is. The word fear is a big word. It's strong. Fear! But if I use, well, Pastor, I don't really have fear. I'm just a little bit concerned. Well, what's that? 
You need to call it what it is. You're not just a little concerned. You're a little fear. Because concern, worry, I mean, you put it however, you know, no, no, Pat, no, no. It, anything, any area of your life where, this is the key to, to identifying fear. Something will come down the pipe, you get the information, and then you get, watch. Your, let, me, let me word this right, because I know what I want to say, I just don't know how to say it. Now that that information has come in your psyche, now you're trying to figure out how to fix it. Nothing wrong with that, but that's the first response. <gasps> Watch, what are we going to do? So, yes, you're still a believer. Yes, you still love God. Yes, you're still going to heaven. But in the moment you subconsciously or consciously say, what are we going to do? You've taken possession over whatever that is. And you've actually sidelined God on that item, on that specific item. You could have faith in healing. You could have faith in other areas. But there's that one area where the devil knows that you're not that solid. Now he begins to poke it, poke it, poke it, poke it. And let me, tell you, let me, let me give you something about the word devil. It's, it's interesting. That word is super interesting to begin with because it does not describe a spirit. It, that's not his name. His name's like, not, it's not like devil. Hey, devil. That's not his name. It describes how he operates. So the word devil... When you take just that word, and I'm, I want to say that pretty much every time it's mentioned in the Bible, I think it's the same Greek word, at least in the New Testament. It's translated, if you go to the Latin root, it's diablo, right? Spanish? Well, let's keep going. But the Greek word, well, the Latin word, not the Greek word, but it's, it comes from there, is diabolos. Now, growing up in Mexico, you know, guns, you don't have guns down there. The best you can do is an air rifle, right? And, and a pellet gun. Anybody know what I'm talking about? .177 pellets, anybody know what I'm talking about? All right. Well, if you went to the store and wanted to buy pellets in Mexico, you know what you ask for, Joe? You say, diabolos. That's the name of it. They're diabolos. That's the actual name of the ammo, if you want to call it. Well, why is that important? Because the word diabolos means the following. It means something that's designed to hit and penetrate. That's what the word means. So now, now you're going to get an idea of how he works. Because when he says the devil, he's talking more about how he works in your life. So the word diabolos means something that's designed to hit and 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 hit until it finally breaks through. And if you begin to notice the attacks in your life, not all of them, some of them are like explosion, right? That kind of worked out, the sound effect when I hit my mic. Anyway, that wasn't on purpose, trust me, but I kind of liked it. Anyway, um, he comes and begins to pound it. And every hit... He gets a little further in, a little further in, a little further. And remember what he's hitting you with. He's hitting you with fear. Don't forget what we're talking about. The attack is a, a constant, like a little, that little annoying leak. Anybody had those at night in your faucet where you finally put a towel because you can't sleep? So at least it drops on the towel and it goes, it goes. You guys know what I'm talking about. It's like, do something. That's how he works. 
So when you begin to see that, you begin to see that, that attack, right? And, and I, I've see, I see it, you know, we've been doing this for so many years. You see the church go through, like as a church, we go through a season. Actually, we're going through one of those seasons right now, you know, where it's like, okay, we're going to get through it. But the devil's trying to get us to react in fear. So what I do, Pastor, when I get the news? What do I do, Pastor, when I get the information? What do I do? Well, the very first thing, I already tell you what to think. Step number one is you stand before anything else. You say, I will not fear. you got to speak it. you got to speak it where you can hear yourself. And anybody else affected says, okay, before we talk about anything, we will not fear. You establish that authority. Because the devil is just going to come and poke and poke and poke. And sometimes, like you guys, most of you have dealt with it. Sometimes he comes with little tiny, what I call the foxes. Sometimes it's more annoying. <laughs> you know, because most of us kind of are ready for a big attack. Like, whoa, we're faith people. You know, if something comes, we have it. But what we're not ready for is those little annoying foxes day in, day out, day in, day out. Penetrating, poking, poking. And if he can get you to fear, because what is fear? Let's, 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 just, let's, let's break up the basic definition of fear. Well, fear is apprehension towards the future. Hello. So you're, you're, you are destroying your emotions by something that hasn't even happened. Well, it can happen. Yeah, it can happen, but it hasn't happened. Because when you're in whatever mess you're in, you're actually not in fear anymore. You're just trying to figure out how to get out of it. Right? I mean, when you're already all the way deep in, no, the devil's trying to get you to react. You see, here's the thing. Jesus beat the devil. You have to accept that. That's why that first scripture I gave you was so important to understand. There's three characters in that first. It's Jesus, the devil, and us. And it says clearly, Jesus defeated him. It's done. I mean, the only way he can have access through fear into your life is because you give him the access. That's the only way. You say, well, Pastor, you know, well, let, let me go through some of these things because I'm running out of time. So some of the most common ideas of fears, and, and, you know, a loss, of course. You know, your spouse, your marriage, your child, your health, your job, control, failure, you know, failure of performing, your job, measuring up, financial, spiritual failure, rejection. You know, you've had some bad experiences, you know, maybe you went through some bad relationships, now you think you want to get married, but you're feeding off the information, so there's fear in that. And then there's just like unknowns, right? COVID, <laughs> health, job, the government, the situation America's in. I mean, you could just pick, you know, how many options do you need? In other words, what I'm trying to get you to understand, there is many, many opportunities to walk in fear. Y'all very quiet this morning. Okay. Let's go to 2 Timothy 1.7. 2 Timothy 1.7. i got a couple more notes, and then we're going to try to wrap this up. But we need to take authority over this church. we got to take authority over the COVID. we got to take authority over this, this onslaught. You know, and, and to me, it's what's really bugging me. Right now, this whole COVID crisis, I think it's on the church. This is bugging me. I'm not talking about this church. I'm talking about the Christianity around the world, fell right into the little trap of fear, just like everybody else, and the devil's laughing his head off. Well, maybe we can't change the whole world, but guess what? We can change our community. Yes, we, can. we can change our homes. We can, we can change our families. And I think it's time that at least this church gets the right attitude about what we're supposed to be doing. Hello? 
I'm telling you, church, that we, we are in a critical time where we need to take authority over some of the sins, but you can't take authority over something you're full of fear of. I almost wanted to preach the story of David and Goliath because that's a perfect example of what I'm talking about. He had, Goliath had a whole army in fear. Here comes one little, you know, smart aleck 16-year-old kid that knows God personally. And he sees a giant. He sees an opportunity. Most people see a destruction. David sees opportunity. What do I get if I kill him? That's what he asked. And somewhere down the line, they said, you get the king's daughter. Well, you don't tell that to a 16-year-old. That's in there. It's hilarious. Like, whoa, whoa. He asks again, what would you say I get? They had to tell him all over again what he got. Okay, I got this. Daughter, yeah, I like that. You got a rock. And he faced that giant. And that giant spoke. And that giant said that he was going to feed him. And once the giant stopped talking, David said, you done? And then David talked. He said, you know what I'm going to do with you? I'm going to cut your head off, and the beasts are going to eat you. That's the last time the, the giant talked. I wanted to preach that so bad, but I already gave you the synopsis. And that little 16-year-old kid killed a giant that had thousands of aged warriors in fear. That is such a time like this, that the church needs to look at everything in your life that is trying to influence especially on the spiritual side. To keep you from church, to keep you from the word, to keep you from giving, to keep you from tithing. Well, look at the economy. I think we, you know, we need to tighten up. Yeah, you keep tightening up. Tighten it up real good. Because the worst thing you can do in a bad economy is stop giving to the Lord. That's like, I mean, that's like you know, that's a, the shot right there. I mean, that's a coup d'etat. If you stop tithing, you stop giving in a time of crisis. No, this is a time where you... When you, when that, that, you see, because it's not that they're bad people, but the reason people don't give money to the church is not that they're bad people, they've got fear. Fear of what? Fear of death. Oh, no, no, it's not fear of death, Pastor, because they're just... We don't give because, you know, we got bills to pay. Yeah, but it's, it's all connected to the master fear. You're not saying I'm fear... I'm, I, you know, I don't give the church because I'm afraid of dying. You're not saying that, but, you're, but if you follow the track, you're saying, well, I can't give because I got groceries to buy. And if I don't buy groceries, then I won't have food. And if I don't have food, well, then I will lose weight. And if I don't lose weight, then eventually I will starve to death. <laughs> now, you don't go through that thinking, but your subconscious does. Hmm? That's that fear of death. It's not, not just fear of dying. It's everything connected. So as, as, as we're walking, look, look at Timothy. I'm sure you're there by now. <laughs> 2 Timothy 1.7. And you're going to have to decide... I'm telling you, this is part of your impartation this morning. You're going to have to decide if this scripture applies to you or not. So in 1 Timothy, I mean, I'm sorry, 2 Timothy, well, this is New King James, similar. It says, God, everybody say God. Say has not. Say has not again. Look at your neighbor and say has not. <laughs> Come on, pastor, stop messing with us. God has not given us. The spirit of fear. I mean, if you want one word, that's it. So if he didn't give it to you, well, where is, where is it coming from? So if you're still dealing with fear, or at least trying to process this whole teaching, or trying to process how this works, my point is, if you know, I don't know how you feel about your experience with God, but I've learned one thing. Every gift that comes from God, I'm going to very loose paraphrase of a scripture, is good and pleasurable. Yeah. 
Every gift. Everything that comes from God is good. You can't get bad from a good God. So most Christians say, God, give me everything good, right? Well, those of us that walked with the world for a few years and, you know, did that, you find out that coming to God, yes, everything is good about God. You live better, you live longer, you live healthier. Amen. Your marriage is better, your kids are raised right. Some of you that are raising your kids in, in the things of God and, you know, some of the challenges even we faced is, as Caden's navigated from elementary to junior high, and he's like, whoa, yeah, whoa, that's the real world, bud. Dark, nasty, disgusting, immoral. Guess what? Our kids aren't raised that way. Come on, talk to me. Because when we're talking about a God family built family, it's not about being perfect, it's not about being holier than thou, that's all, you know, that's not what we're playing. Because, you know, holiness and salvation, first of all, is a very personal thing. I don't think anybody should be judging who's holy and who's not. That's between you and the Lord. But at the same time, you see the evidence. So when you get to this, I want everything that God has promised me. I want peace in my home. I want peace in my marriage. I want health in my body. I want money in the bank. That's all part of the promises. So I'll take the blessing. But what he did not give me was a spirit of fear. So here's a question to all of us. I include myself. When the apprehension comes, when the worry comes, when the bad news comes, because it will. I mean, Jesus said it. In this world you will have tribulation. He said, don't fear, I've overcome. The response is really... How you respond really depends if you're going to take ownership of it or not. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. So when the spirit of fear is presented to you, it's going to be your choice to accept it. Now the problems are going to be real. The crisis can be real. The doctor's statement can be real. I'm not making light of any of that. I thank God for the doctors. You guys heard what I've said. I pray for the doctors. We pray for the medicine. I firmly believe that God, you know, throughout the thousands of years gave all medical science their wisdom to help people. I believe that with all my heart. But when the doctor says, um, this situation's going on in your body, your natural person, their first response will be to fear. Because that's how we're wired. You remember? Flesh and blood. First response is fear. I mean, so don't, don't feel bad like, well, what do I do? Because you're presented with it. Now, that you're not less of a Christian or more of a Christian because you've been presented with an opportunity to fear. All of us are, all of us today, we might have ten opportunities to fear. It is the moment that you recognize it is the choice to say, no, I will not fear. If for no other reason, it's because it's not of God. And I don't want anything from Satan. I don't want his filth. I don't want his darkness. I don't want his immorality. I don't want anything he sells. So fear comes from the same place that perversion comes from. You know, most Christians, if they were offered for an opportunity, you know, I'm going to say most, not all. But, you know, most Christians, if they were presented with an opportunity to do some lewd, wicked, dark thing, or, you know, dis- most Christians are like, no, I'm a believer. I love God. I love my family. I'm not going to do that. I'm not saying all of them, but, you know, most people have that God conscience. Again, not about being holy, not about being perfect. It's just a conscience. Well, let me give you an example. When you became a Christian, at least we try, right? We try to get rid of profanity. At least two of you, three of you. 
You know, because before I got saved, I cuss, you know, I, I cussed like a sailor. I made up cussing words. I mean, I was really good at it. And then I cussed in English and Spanish, and then I knew how to... Well, I'm not going to go there. Because in Spanish, you have all these double-meaning things that nobody understands up here, so I had to stop doing that. My point is, when I got saved, two things that I really wanted to leave my life quickly was profanity and lying. Thank you. I'll just preach to you. <laughs> I was a professional liar. Come on, how many raise your hand? I mean, you would... Before you went home, you had 15 lies already, back to back to back to back, because that's where you get caught, right? I'm going to preach to this side. This side's super holy. They don't know anything about lying. I know, you're being honest. My point is, we were animate about changing some things in our life. You get it? We were animate. We, you know, that's not of God. Lying is not of God. Profanity is not of God. Pornography is not of God. I mean, we can go down the line, right? And we are making choices to not choose that. Well, here's the big, 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 big question for you. I'm almost done. Why do we keep choosing that one? I'm speaking to myself, too. We're animate about not lying or trying to be better people, about not cussing, about you know, trying to live right and do right. But when it comes to fear, we just embrace it. I mean, sometimes there's not even a pause. All I'm asking is at least this morning you leave with the the moment, the pause moment to say, do I take that fear or do I not take that fear? Because it is the same thing. God has not given us a spirit of fear. But the second part is just as important as the first part because the three things that come after the first one is what will keep you from being possessed, if I may use that word, by a spirit of fear. I know people that are possessed by a spirit of fear. We went to eat at Lala's, shameless plug. If you're watching Mimi. Lala's was extra good yesterday. I hadn't eaten there for a few. It was like, it was over the top. And there was a person there. I don't know him. This is no joke. Now, if you've seen this, this is like beyond me age. So they have the mask on. And I mean, if you eat lalas with a fork, you need to be born again to start. Unless it's the enchilada, right? Because you've got to eat it with a fork. Everything else is with your hands. And this is what's happening. They would go like this, and they would show a little bit of that. I'm thinking, are you kidding me? And then they would open it. I mean, if you're that scared, please stay home. I mean, just please stay home. Get Uber Eats or something. <laughs> we don't have Uber Eats this way. All right. But, I mean, that's the level. I mean, and we could go down the line of how that, how that, I mean, you see people jogging with a mask on? I'm thinking, I think that's probably even, you're probably better off just staying home without a mask and breathing all that carbon monoxide back in. And all those germs and all that snot and all that stuff that's on them. All right. You guys think masks are healthy? You better change that thing every five minutes. That nasty thing. There's green stuff crawling all over that stuff. I mean, that's the level of being possessed by this. Now, I don't know this person. I'm not making judgment, but it was like, wow. Or you see people driving in their car by themselves. With a mask. With a mask. 
I'm like, <laughs> I feel like opening the window and go, <laughs> just knock on the window, pull their mask out. <laughs> I mean, we're laughing at it, but the truth of it is that the spirit of fear will possess you. I fought it as a Christian. I'm not going to tell you my little stories. I, ha- I had to fight it years and years ago. And it creeps up and it comes in. When my wife got diagnosed with the, with the tumors, that thing was all over me. And when she came out of that, and stories you guys heard all the time. But I'm just trying to say, we live in the same world you live. We're not, we're not holier than anybody in this room. We're not special. We just got to talk to you this morning. But as a family, when she walks out of that ultrasound and she's crying because she's human. And she's fear. Yes, fear's just embraced her because that's the, the first thing she heard. And she sees me and she's weeping and I hold her hands. And she tells, I said, what happened? She says, well, the text says I got these two huge tumors. I said, okay, honey, right there in that little clinic in Nuevo Laredo Hospital, standing in the hall, held her hand and make a big scene, didn't see it, but it had to be taken care of right there. We can't wait to get home. Because by the time we get home, that thing's got a root down. You think, how does fear grow? By talking about it. How does faith grow? By talking about it. Right there, I held her hands. In Spanish, I said, En el nombre de Jesús, tomamos autoridad sobre espíritu de temor. ¿Te acuerdas? Cuando saliste del ultrasonido. En el nombre de Jesús, tomamos espíritu de temor. Y declaramos que tú vas a vivir y no vas a morir. That was it. In English, I said, We take authority over the spirit of fear. You will live and not die. Now let's talk about it. She immediately stopped crying. That darkness lifted off of her. And now we had a focus. Things are still real serious. Nothing has changed. But we got that out of the way. Same thing with that little girl. We got that out of the way. Now we can focus on scriptures of healing. Now we can focus on faith. Now we can have a strong focus because now we have power. And we have love. And the big one, we have a sound mind. You can't have both, church. That's all I'm telling you this morning. You can't have both. You either have the spirit of fear or you have the spirit of power. And God can't make that choice for you. You have to practice this. This is not something, that's a good message, Pastor, I'm glad I learned it. This has been 30 years of continual practice. That doesn't mean you're, it's hard. That means you just got to practice it. It's like playing the guitars and people say, oh, some, I mean, there's, some, there's these, some people that are super naturally talented and get a guitar. Not me. I've, every little note has been pounded into muscle memory in my life. It's the same thing with this. You stand, and every time you have an opportunity to fear, every time you have that little uh, feeling in you coming up, you stop everything you're doing and say, I will not fear. You've got to hear yourself say that. I will not fear. In, in that moment, then all these other little things begin to kick in. So when we go, when we go through these, and I'm, I'm going to close with the scripture, but I just want, I want you to, again, today was not about keeping you all here till 12. It's about imparting something to you, because enough is enough, church. With this COVID thing. And it's not, you know, it's not the approach on the scientific side. I'm not going to touch that. I'm, I'm talking about the spiritual side. I think the church has not approached it properly. Because everywhere I see is the devil gets beat. But obviously something's going on because we can't beat this thing. Well, God's still God. And the devil's still the devil. And the blood's still the blood. So why is this thing out of control? Because the church has fallen into the tactic just like the rest of the world. Amen. 
You know, and, and I think, as, as, you know, you have to understand this. So, so the word power is the word dunamis from the Greek. That's where you get the word dynamite. Same prefix. Means explosive. Um, how can I put it? Some of the definitions are a power that will alter. In other words, if you can imagine a mountain, in construction we did this many, many years ago, that you've got to blow it up with dynamite. So if you've got a big mountain, and now you've got dynamite, and now you blow it up, and there used to be a mountain, now there's rubble. That's what power means. It is a power that will modify any circumstance. That's the Holy Ghost. So right there, I mean, he starts with power. I mean, because God has not given us a spirit of fear. Yes, pastor, but you don't understand the news I got. No, I understand it. I've had those news gods, too. And I could make a choice, and I could fall into fear. But I choose power because the power, the dunamis power, is explosive power of God that will change the circumstance of whatever caused the fear. This is a good spot for an amen, church. Come on. You know, whatever. Name it. Name it right now inside of you. What is the biggest thing you're concerned of? Well, I'm just afraid, you know, my baby's going to get sick. Or I'm afraid of this. I'm afraid of that. I'm afraid. Okay, fine. You should be, just go ahead and make a list. I'm afraid of all these things and go before God and, you know, we're going to have communion here in a few moments. This would be a perfect time that you take those communion elements and you settle it. Boom. I'm done fearing over this. I got power. I, you, know, you know what goes with power? Authority. You take authority over COVID. You take authority over whatever. You take authority over the bank situation or the, or the marriage situation or whatever is causing, you know, or those kids that are running wild. That was the problem with Job. His kids were running wild. He didn't know what to do. I'll tell you what you can do with those kids. Just give them to the Lord. And then watch God work it out. <laughs> they might, you know, it might take a while, but he'll work it out. How do you know? I'm here. I was as wild as they come. My mom believed. My mom stood. And she got to see all this. Glory to God. Amen? Love. Your heavenly father loved you. Okay, parents, grandparents. Oh, by the way, I got number four, and she's beautiful. Aww. Jade. Is your sister pretty? She is, right? We're so blessed. See, I got completely sidetracked. Just got to think about my grandkids. That's love, right? Would you do anything in your power to protect your children? Yeah, I mean, if you're normal, normal people, normal people. Anything. God loves. You got power, and you got a God that loves you. And that he loved you while you were a sinner. And he loved you when you gave your life to Jesus. And he loved you when you were an idiot. And he loved you when you were spiritual. And he loved you when you went to church. And guess what? He loved you when you didn't go to church. He loves you. But you've got to give him a place. But if you understand how much he loves you, then fear should not even be a question, right? Because my Heavenly Father loves me so much that even though I'm facing a hard situation... Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. That's what everybody's dealing with right now, right? The valley of shadow of death, that COVID knocking on your door. I'm going to kill you and your whole... Even though I walk through the valley, the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. That's love. Even though we walk through the valley of COVID, 
I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Even though I walk through the valley of cancer, nope, it can't touch me. COVID can't touch me. And if it touches me, I'll just navigate right through it like nothing. Do you see where we're going with this? This is the impartation moment. It's the power. It's the love. And what happens after you understand you got the greatest power of the universe on your side? you got a love that no one can understand. Agape. We don't even understand it. Now, guess what? Now you got clear thinking. Now you can see things. Because fear has a way of intoxicating you. Right? I mean, that's in the Bible. Be sober. Be diligent. Because your adversary, the devil, that penetrating thing, is going to try to hit and hit and hit, the devil is going about seeking whom he may devour. Why is he out seeking? Because he just can't pounce on you unless you let him. That's why he's seeking. If he, if he just could destroy anybody in this room, he doesn't need to seek. He knows where you live. He's seeking. What is he seeking? That. He's seeking who bought it. He's smelling it. Who bought it? Who bought the fear? Who bought the fear? Come on, guys. Somebody got this fear. Oh, that person got it. Come on, guys. Let's go. Because if you just reverse that scripture... This is the end, guys. Ready? You could read it this way. For Satan has given us a spirit of fear. Not of power. Not of love. And there is no sound thinking in that spirit. Now do you see it? You see how toxic it is to fall into that? So number one, recognize it. Identify the things that the devil's been using to torture you. It can, I mean, again, there's a broad spectrum of, it, of things we could pick from. So I'm not, not going to go down one. I know the theme eternal right now has been COVID, but it can be something completely different. You identify it, and with today's technology, you do a little word search that covers that item. You don't have to memorize 15 scriptures. Pick a couple that you really like. I mean, if you're serious about fighting fear, this is how it works. And you get that scripture, and you print it out on a little card, or you put it in your, somewhere in your car or, you know, Places you visit often, like the refrigerator or the bathroom, either one. I'm, just, I'm saying, because Christians are like, oh, I just want the Lord to come and kind of just bless me. And I will be done with fear. And I'll throw my little Bible in the back of my car, poof, and pick it up next Sunday when I come home, I'm back to church. That's not going to happen. That's what you want. That's what I want. But that's not going to happen. What's going to happen is you're going to have to dig out a promise that covers the circumstance you're dealing with. And you have to put that promise in your heart and in your mouth. And you're going to have to add, I'm not going to fear because God said this. I'm not going to fear. And sometimes you've got to... Well, I've been there where it was... There's stories where I remember years and years. I'm not going to tell you the story, but it, was, it literally came to this. I, w- I would read the scripture, and I was standing on, a, on, on something that needed to happen like within a time frame. It was very important to happen with a time frame. It's a long story, so I'm not going to tell you. And I'm like, okay, God, you're going to take care of it. You're going to take care of it. And as soon as I would close my Bible, it was like, <gasps> the whole fear thing would come right back up. And I would open my Bible. Like, I mean, this is hilarious. And, as soon, and I would read it out loud. And it's funny, when you're reading out loud, there's no fear. And as soon as I shut up, it's like, no, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Well, God came through like he's always come through. Glory to God. Would you get something out of all that this morning? Give the Lord a hand clap. Let's go ahead and um, 
take communion this morning, ushers, if you would minister to the people. And I really want to, I think, to, this spirit of the presence of God that's in this house. Those watching me online, please get your stuff ready there in your house. Have communion with us. But I want you to take communion over the spirit of fear, number one. And the other thing is, go ahead and settle once and for all. You know, I know some of you have settled it. If you've settled it, you don't need to settle it again. But if you haven't settled it, you settle that COVID and any other kind of flu and any other kind of whatever comes down the pipe will not touch my house, will not touch my family, because I have Psalm 91, I have Psalm 23, I have Psalm 103. Thank you. I finally learned how to do these things. It's... Last communions, I would have it like open before the service because I could never open them. <laughs> Let's, um, as, as the ushers finish up, so if you're watching us online and you have your communion elements ready, before we go anywhere, obviously you don't need to tell me anything, but I want everyone in this room, everyone watching me online, you bring up whatever is the thing that brings most tribulation into your thinking or the things that try to keep you awake at night. Maybe it's fear of the future of your children or fear of whatever. I don't want to go, like I said, I don't want to go down the list. But you settle it today over this, these items. Now again, there's, there's no magic. There's no... What makes this spiritual is you. You know that, right? By accepting the blood and the body and saying, I'm going to put fear right there and it's not going to touch my life or my body. And when that thing creeps up again, you remind the devil, nope, devil, I took communion over that. That thing's not coming on my house. I'm not afraid of COVID. I'm not afraid of the government. I'm not afraid of anything. I'm not even afraid of the devil. Because he's a loser. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we just thank you this morning for where this has gone. And I thank you, Lord, that I believe with all my heart that an impartation has taken place. That we are called to faith. We are not called to fear. We are called to faith. We, we need our faith in this season. People need our faith, not just us. We need our faith for family and loved ones that, 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 that need faith to get through some of these things. And Father, I just thank you that right now over this communion, we, we put fear in its place. No fear here. No, no, we're done. And Father, I believe with all my heart, we take authority over this COVID as we've done before, but Father, it's getting to the point where we can do our part, that this community, Hebronville, Bruni, Oilton, and Miranda City, which we cover all of them, COVID is over. We declare it today. It is dead. It is gone. No more. Because we are the church, and we call on the blood of Jesus to wash this community completely clean of this onslaught. And we pray over the church, and we pray over those that have made choices, Father, that where fear has influenced their connection to you, their connection to their church, I pray that that is broken this morning. I pray for those, Father, that are struggling in their economy, in the, in the finances. Father, where the fear of giving has taken control or the fear of lack has taken control, we break that also. And we thank you, Lord, that heaven is our home. 
that the reality that when we leave this earth, we go to a beautiful place is what keeps us going because we know that no COVID, no sickness, no cancer can ever remove that joy from us. That this is temporary. All this is temporary, Lord. But while we're here, we have authority. And we take communion. And I pray right now where the spirit of fear that has dominated communities, people from our church, people in our communities, government officials, Father, that that spirit is broken now. And Lord, I ask you with every fiber of my heart that you fill me this afternoon with the spirit of power, with the spirit of love. That you love us, God. And because you love us, no weapon formed against us can prosper. And we have a clear thinking regarding everything. We have a sound mind. We do not have a spirit of fear. And COVID, you are dead. Completely gone in the name of Jesus. I pray right now over loved ones. Come on, this is help me with this. We're going to cover everything before we take communion. For loved ones that are fighting this sickness from hell. And Father, I just thank you that we've seen victory after victory after victory over prayer and faith. We pray over those right now from our church family that have come under the, the attack of COVID. I call them healed and delivered and set free and no more problems. I lift up Father Wero and I thank you that he is completely, we're not even asking, he is healed, he wins this thing, Father. It's more testimonies of your grace, more testimonies of your goodness, more testimonies, Father, of how awesome you are. I bless this church. I'm telling you, the presence of God is here. Come on, just draw into it. You settle things between, this is a, you know what I feel, it's so personal. It was even like worship. Worship seemed so personal this morning to me. Get there, get there right now and just say, just go ahead and have your own conversation with him. Forget about me, forget about what I'm saying. Just have your own conversation and settle it that we are healed. No weapon formed against us will prosper. No tongue that is raised in judgment will condemn us. I was blessed coming in this morning. I will be blessed as I head back to Laredo and we'll have another blessed service. Psalm 91 says a thousand could fall to one side and 10,000, but no plague can touch my dwelling. The angels encamp about my life. We can't see them, but they're all around us this morning. And they take us on the highways, the byways around our homes. And I just thank you, Lord, that there's such a strong spirit of victory in this house. We are healed. We are free. We are loved. Glory to God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Glory to God. Whoo, that was good. 1 Corinthians 11.24. Corinthians 11.24. Paul writing says, When he had given thanks, he broke the bread and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After manner, after the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do you often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Father, we thank you. It is settled. We win. Glory to God. Amen. Everybody say, I win. Say, we win. All right. Well, when you get a chance, well, I'll wait till the ushers, then you can give the Lord a big hand clap. I don't know how you can do it with paper on your hand. Praise God.